Hello. Hi, Rebecca. It's Beatrice. Hi, Beatrice. It's Rebecca. How are you? I'm well. Um, I'm looking forward to having my eyelashes professionally tinted. Oh, my God. This is a big, big event. Yeah, I think this, you know, I might have mentioned before that I had my eyelashes tinted since I was 14. So um, I love it. It's such dedication. To yeah. Art. And, you know, when I was living for a while in France, I had them, you know, a- anywhere I go, I find out where I can have my eyelashes tinted. And um, the lockdown was an issue. So Jay did a very good job. He's done it a few times. I mean, I like I salute him. I yeah. can't even imagine. No, I think he didn't enjoy it. But um, he did a really good job. Uh, but I just thought I let I let the expert do it before Christmas. Yes. yes. So that's wonderful. Yeah. So, so when does that happen? So that happens this afternoon in a few hours. <gasps> oh my goodness. Yeah, and it's so just, exciting. And I just have to go around the corner. I don't have to go very far. Good. So, very good. Yeah, it's all very good. What about that's you? That's so exciting. Well, yeah. I don't have anything as exciting <laughs> as that, even close. You know, I don't have any beauty prestigious. Although I continue to maintain my love of face masks and yeah, that's you know, very my good. Weekly round of different face masks. Did is, I tell is you? One of the joys of my life. What? I put on. I know I would never have done that, but I had such a terrible day, and I thought I'll need to put on a mask to cheer myself up. Oh. So it was a charcoal one, you know, like when you're all dark. And then yes. someone from work called me. And, you know, normally I would, you know, it was, it was after five, but they all know I work, you know, compressed hours. So I work very late, but I thought, okay, it's after five. No one will call me, but someone did. So I had, I had to pretend I was busy, which I sort of was, I guess. Um, But that was, you were, yeah, this is important work. I did contemplate for a moment whether I should take the call but I thought nah that's oh, I never live that down it's just not no funny. I don't think you ever mm. would and also more importantly it might have disrupted the the efficacy of the mask yeah that's true and actually. we must never compromise no a face mask no ever. that's true so I will not do that again I shall wait no. until later in the day well I think I think switch off all communication devices yeah. and then do the mask. Good point. Good point. So that you give the mask its proper status yeah. in your life. I guess I could I, have kept the camera off. That hadn't even occurred to me. Well, yeah, still. Could, yes. Still. But yeah, you know, I I would put the face mask before any other task. <laughs> yes. So. And I've, I've got a spirulina, one of those rubbery spirulina ones. Oh, I don't know I those. Do the oh, they're so good. They're like powder. You get a pouch of green, dark, dark, like swamp green powder that you put water in. Or I'm going to actually use my rose water toner. Ooh. And what and then happens you mix next? It and you put it on and it it's like you're going to be a monster in a sci-fi film, <laughs> basically. And it dries into rubbery stuff so you can if you're careful peel the whole rubbery thing off which is very satisfying Mm. in one go and I've been saving my spirulina mask for the end of term as a you know this is how I celebrate skincare is my celebration I know I mentioned masks to someone recently and they said they'd never had one and they were in their 30s 
And I thought, how no, can that be? I've been doing them since I was a child. I can remember my mum and I laughing our heads off putting, you know, putting mask on when I was really little. I definitely did it when I was a teenager. I definitely have done it, yeah, for a long yeah, time. Yeah, no, I, that was really like, I've, they've always been just a thing you do that's super fun mm. and skincare's super important and here we go. And And they continue to be a joy in my life yeah in mine too yes i've run out of one of them so i have to get more mm. you know i can't not have that no i mean what if brexit impacts the supply of face masks i mm. can't even contemplate yeah it. Mm. but there are i guess things you can make yourself although i i never i'm never entirely convinced i mean basically i don't think i'm competent mm. you know i can cook very well but it you know, skincare is on a higher level yeah. than that for me. Mm. So I don't want to risk my own silliness mm. <laughs> on my face. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That's a good resolve for both, for both of us, I'm sure. It is, isn't it? I feel we can relax a bit in our yeah. lives and feel we've, we've you know, attained a, a higher level of face mask yeah. clarity. Mm moving forward mm. oh my lord i'm glad we talk about such important things. yes i think it has to be talked about oh it does it does and the other thing that has to be talked about and i know you watched this too yeah was i showed obona de dam to my students and they, they enjoyed it too I, and i want to know what you thought because i just love it so much i just don't understand why i didn't know it existed that's so well, it's have really they recently discovered or I don't well, no, know I, I only know it because years ago when we were on holiday in the south of France Adrian one of the one of Adrian's great joys in life is going and buying DVDs mm-hmm. and there's like a series of French chains and like little shops that have ones you can't get here so he bought it he bought it for me on DVD and I watched it then when we were in the South of France, but I somehow had forgotten it. And mm. I lent it to students a couple of times. And then I thought, oh, this would be a really good one to show them. And then I was like, oh, my God, I should have just been watching this on repeat. This is incredible. I know. I have to watch it. I only watched it once so far. Mm. And there's so much going on. Yeah, I want to watch it again with Adrian because mm. he hasn't seen it yet. So it's 1930, which is yeah. amazing. I didn't know whether it was going to be set in 1930 or in the period of Sola's novel and I was so pleased that it is set in 1930 yes Um, and all those shots of Bon Marche yeah oh my god yeah it is it is quite incredible and I I, I, the other thing that is interesting I mean I didn't have that much time so I really Mm. want to find out more but that you know there doesn't seem to be that much online about it I'm I'm sure there's maybe stuff elsewhere but it's just um, because there's so much you could you can dissect and talk about. It's, yes. it's so b- bizarre in a lot of res- respects. Um, and there's some. It's like it's interesting on so many levels, and like the camera work is so yes. interesting. But I also what I find interesting with the camera work is that he sometimes. What's the director called again? Julien Duvivier. Sometimes yes. he. Um, seems to have had, he or the cameraman or, or camera person, um, seems to have had an idea and then they really, really flog it. Yeah, that's true. That's true. 
like at the beginning you have oh you have yes. her arriving in Paris and obviously they wanted to express how much is going on in the bustling street life and but it goes on a, a little bit it does a little bit yeah but it is really fabulous it is like I really love the way you keep going because it's such a like old story the provincial girl comes to the big city but I really like that you've got trains you've got the trains wheels you've got the smoke you've got the cars you've got the streets you've got the policeman trying to direct the traffic but how can you direct all of this yeah. you've got people outside shops you've got the shops the windows it's it really it's like Simmel's you know mental life in the metropolis made visual made, yeah that's true yeah that's it's very good incredible mm. I was I'd love to know more about the situation with extras because there are scenes like in the canteen of the department store. Yes. Where there's so many people. I mean, there, there are also an, obviously a massive amount of people in the department store itself. And I, I just yes. cannot comprehend how that worked. Because no, it I, is... You sorry, go, go you on, go. that's crazy. No, I was just going to say, it is amazing, particularly how things are now. Like how, like the, there's the stalls outside. And then when they go in to the shop, it's just jam-packed. It's like Christmas sale level mm. numbers of people. And the, and it's really interesting how it's like an old-fashioned bazaar, the layout of the ground floor with all the little stands of, you know, perfumes and gloves and everything, everything, everything. And just people jam-packed mm. moving slowly past. It's crazy. Yeah, and I'm and not it's su- fascinating. I'm not surprised that there was a lot of shoplifting because it's the ideal no. scenario for <laughs> shoplifting. It really is, but it's also that I love the way they kind of comment on that because it's mm. this quite respectable middle-aged lady, yes, pinching a fur, and it and that's a real feature of like late nineteenth-century world, isn't mm. it? Of women of of kind of middle-class women becoming kleptomaniacs and. Mm. Yes. Um, shoplifters because yes it's so it's like everything is and oh and the way that uh, everything's so tempting and the way even in that first bit where they're showing Denise arriving and it's so chaotic the way you have her see you know an advert on the metro for for yeah. the department store and then the men all lined up spelling out the name of the department yeah. store and then on the side of a bus the department store and then a delivery van it's like this and then propaganda. the balloons I thought, why do oh, they the all have the writing. balloons? Yeah, mm. the plane writing it in the sky. No, it's it makes it seem like a kind of Soviet state, but the opposite at the same time. Mm. That it's just the image repeated, repeated, repeated until all you can do is be drawn into in. the store, which is very much how Zola writes about it as well. Mm. Yeah, that you're just kind of compelled that you can't fight it. Yeah, and the whole the whole film, even like the ending, is is you can't fight this. You know, progress yes. is just this unstoppable force that humans are just kind of sucked into and taken along. But all... oh my goodness! And the sorry, no, like you we go. just have to have a moment for the gloves. The gloves. For the gloves. The gloves. When the lady's having the gloves mm. fitted on her hand. Yes. And, he, and, the, <gasps> and you and think the assistant feels a bit awkward because it's so intimate, but he's just pushing each finger into the gloves, and she's just like. And that oh made so much sense because when you look at, you know, occasionally we have unworn gloves in the museum, mm. and you know, from some periods you you think, 
how did anyone ever get into these? But then you know, yeah, someone had to smooth them down your Exactly, it seemed like such an operation. And I like the way her hand mirrors the little mannequin hands with the gloves on that are behind them. Oh, I missed that. Yeah. Oh, because did you spot that the mannequins are by seizure? Yeah, I saw that. OMG. Yeah. Yeah. That, I mean, because seizure mannequins are so incredible. And yeah. the way that you see those, like, amazing silver ones. Mm. Oh, I love all the shots of the of the windows where you see the sportswear and the fancy stuff. It's so good. And, I mean, the most amazing for me is the models. Oh, my goodness. That scene where she goes in yeah. to try out to be a model is incredible. And I, it's interesting, what I, what I thought was really interesting, well, there were so many things, but how the relationship between men and women, it, and that yes. was just awful. You know, how she so is, awful. she keeps being besieged by by men and yes. in a, in yes, a really she's predatory... she's a commodity. Sorry? She's a commodity. Mm. And how but, yes, some sorry, women play with it, like Clara, yes. she sort of keeps winking at yes. everyone. yeah. Well, yeah, it, it's really, it really shows that and it really comments on, I think it's showing it as negative. It's not yes. on the men's side. Mm. And you think, oh my goodness, this was already in a feature film in 1930 yeah. and we're still fighting this fight. But amazing when when the, what do you call him, like the HR man or whatever mm. you call at that time, when he takes her to the model like the cabine where they're all in exactly the same silky underwear and you keep getting like fragments of their bodies and them repeated in mirrors and it's so much that they're like the same they're being dehumanized and objectified Mm. by becoming this model and then oh my goodness her underwear yes oh it's so sad yeah bless her in her big bloomers yeah in her cotton white cotton underwear where everyone else is in satin and it looks like it might be sort of peachy or you know some sort of Yes, Light. definitely, mm. definitely. But just how that, just that difference in underwear that she's provincial, she's not modern, she's not cosmopolitan, you know, she's this good girl from a small place and, and how they take her around that funny kind of improvised screen and puts kind of squeeze her into this underwear. It's crazy. Yeah, and how she keeps trying to cover her self up and also later when she wears the bathing suit yes she's so uncomfortable yes you're right mm. yeah because because i think it's like from the perspective of now you just see it as so wonderful the thought you don't have to wear all that paraphernalia underneath your clothes or to go swimming that it's it's like having to remember that that would actually be so exposing it would mm. be like walking down the street naked now mm of how you much you'd feel exposed to suddenly reveal yourself like that. Mm. And yes, the way that the women in the, the models are so used to it that it's nothing. It doesn't matter who comes in. It doesn't matter what happens. They are That's just how they exist now, so it's fine for them. Yeah, and just the access of the men to this yes. place where all the models are. They can just go in and out as they please. Um, I know. Horrible. And, f- and what about the fashion show yeah. itself? That's so good to see yeah and such i i like how you're in that moment because like 1930 is such i mean i know they must have made it like late 20s into Mm. 1930 but it's such an interesting moment because 
you know, late 20s, obviously everything's got longer and more fluid and, and more handkerchief points and la la. But then 1930, you get like those funny kind of tunicky dresses that aren't really 30s or 20s, they're just sort of in between. And you see kind of a mix of it in this film, don't you? Yeah. Yeah, that's and, true. And yeah, the, the fashion show is so interesting. Oh, and that's when the, that's actually where I kept wondering when you really get a really good look of the, um, how do you pronounce the mannequin company? I think it's Seizure, but I don't know for sure. Um, yeah, that's, I couldn't remember what the scene was when you get a really good you yes. know, view of the mannequins as well. Yeah, um, and, and, and so it's so interesting because it so links to fashion illustration and photography of that time. It's like really interesting to look at that and then go on Gallica and look at French fashion magazines from that period. Yeah, also the of, decoration of the rooms and yes, the patterns yes. and... You, you get although it's a little bit yeah. of a mixture it's not sort of totally modern there's sort of no it's not mm. but but I like the way as well it it's like it it takes from the novel what it wants but you also get that strong sense of you know her uncle's little shop that's fading into obscurity and how this this sort of enormous department store is so exciting and alluring but so destructive and the way yes that's another kind of scene that's rather labored where you have the the wrecking balls oh yeah knocking down an entire block mm. so that the department store can extend and then her uncle's little tiny shop is this sort of outpost from the past that will inevitably fall but you know that he's standing firm and trying to maintain it yeah the the ending was really weird i thought first of all it was so sad with um Mm. the protagonist's cousin yes what happened to her and then i don't know oh my god i i sort of i did read one sort of review and where someone said the whole time in the film you meant to see the department store like you just say as exciting but also as destructive and then suddenly you need to within a few minutes you suddenly need to change your attitude yes yes well it's as though they wanted a happy ending no matter what Mm. so everybody has to forgive and forget really really quickly yeah and just bow to the inevitable you know, progress of, of modernity. Yeah. And because, because as in the novel, the department store is compared to a factory, a machine, mm. a cathedral, you know, it's a temple that women go and worship at. And you get visual prompts for each of those. But I think it is especially good in showing this destruction of a whole way of life and a way of being. And also, I guess, I guess the generations, because... Mostly, it's peopled by relatively young people. Yes, that's true. And the um, uncle is a, is an exception, and it's like mm. he just, it's just over. It, yeah. yeah, yeah. No, I mean it's such a fascinating film. I'm definitely going to watch it again over Christmas. Yeah, I I want to watch it. Again. I definitely want to watch it again. It particularly. The crowd scenes, there's just mm. so much I didn't, you know, when they have the party, the, the, the party for the entire company, that was, yes. you know, it, there's yeah. just so, so much in it. Yes, and, and the party, and the dinner party where, I can't think what her name is, but the, the I think the Madame, Madame Deforge or something uh, like yes, that. Yes, yes, yeah. Deforge, that she is introducing the shop owner 
to a potential investor and all the kind of kind of social machinations to get them together and yeah but also how I didn't I didn't quite understand that you I hope you can explain there is something uh, the owner of the department store he just does this rousing speech to the women in the in the uh, at the dinner party or at the party and I, I couldn't quite, is, is he like the person who's going to serve them or are they the ones who are the future? Or I don't know, I just didn't quite understand what was going on there. Um, no, I'm not quite sure. Mm. I'm not quite sure. I think it's part of just, you know, remembering from the novel, which I read ages and ages ago, mm. I think it's kind of this idea that he's praising the women. I suppose it's a bit like the way the department still functions, that it's in praise of women, but it's also exploiting an idea of women mm. that's socially imposed that women have to maintain their respectability and fashionability and it's it's kind of made into a gendered thing that this is your inevitable life true. that you must do this and so i'm serving you but you know ultimately they're serving him true i guess also like you said earlier that women have this desire that they just cannot control yes because there's a piece that I often read out to students from the novel where all of the women are together, but their husbands and more, the department store owners, are there as well at tea. And one of them has spent too much money on lace. And she doesn't want her husband to know who's there, but she can't resist it. So there's like this amazing description of her taking out like one piece of lace after another and how the women pass it around and it kind of connects them all together and she's kind of blushing like a young girl as though she's revealing herself by doing this but she you know it's all kind of awkward because she knows her husband can't afford it mm. and it it reminded me of that of yeah, these kind true. of mm. equally strong desires yeah to show and to hide and and that kind of compulsion to buy or steal it's very interesting. Mm. Oh my goodness! Well, that's one thing to do <laughs> is to watch the film. Yeah, over the um, festive over season, Christmas. for want of yes, a better word. I think that's definitely something we should both do. Yeah. Yes, and and also take a long break. Yeah. I think that we needed a break. Yes, we do need a break. Yes, this, and yeah. I need to actually put up some decorations because I love Christmas decorations and I just haven't got there yet. Yeah, no, you need to do that. That's important. <laughs> <laughs> All right, well, have a wonderful, happy Christmas. And, and I'll you. talk to you in the new year. Yes, yeah. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye.